At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This episode is proudly sponsored by NiceJob. Visit get.nicejob.com to find out all about NiceJob's reputation marketing platform. You can collect two to three times more customer reviews using NiceJob's specific review campaign, which starts with a text message and follows with up to three emails, ensuring that your customer has every opportunity to leave you a five-star review. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and I am shortly going to pick up another round of tools to demo for you guys, which is coming very, very soon. I think one of them might be one of the favorite things I like to talk about, and that is yellow jacket hoses with ball valves. Now, I find ball valves, to me, are more valuable than like the, the quick connect valve, because ball valves you can do more with. You can isolate, right? When you can isolate you can do some things that you can't do with the quick connects. Anyway, watch for these demos coming up and check out master.ca. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back. This one is just a, uh, a podcast of me. No guest. I, I just witnessed something and it made me think. So I was in a, a building and I saw somebody get extremely agitated and almost had a meltdown or mini meltdown actually and because of they seem to think that they're overworked and they're not getting enough help because they have not replaced some other people in the in the department and um, they are just stressed out and overworked so it got me thinking about the type of company that somebody would want to work in right to to be happy now there's lots of different ways people can be happy there's like money will make people happy even though somebody might be happy with making a lot of money but being in a shitty environment and some people might want to take a giant pay cut depending on where they're they're at in life to work in a great working environment it depends on where you are in life and i think everybody's situation is different and there's no right or wrong there's no one way it's not cookie cutter And what I wanted to do is maybe just go through some of the things that when you're looking for a new job, things and factors that come into play when you're deciding on what you want to do. So that's kind of this podcast, nothing major, just some thoughts. And I've talked to a lot of people in the industry about this. And that's why I said it's not cookie cutter. Everybody's got their own opinions, their own takes and and their own ways that they need to be happy within their work environment. So let's talk about this. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. So let's talk about pay. Now, 
I've seen posts online. I would say probably, especially in like HVAC hub on Facebook and guys are going, Hey, I, I make, um, like $14 an hour as a fourth year installer. And then there's a whole bunch of laughing emojis and people going, Hey bro, get out of that job, bro. And you know what I mean? And, and then you see people saying, well, I make like for the same, for the same amount of experience, the same amount of time in, I'm making like double that or, or almost triple that. And I think it's really dependent on where you're employed. I mean, cause the cost of living in, in areas are different all over the place. Now where I am in Toronto, it's a very high, very high, um, cost to live. I'm not really sure why, but it is. Even the prices of homes are through the roof. Like an average home, even outside the city, like going outside the city, an average home is still going to, like a, a nice average home, like nothing spectacular, is still going to cost you almost a million bucks. So I guess it's really dependent on where you live. So I've, I've seen this, right? And, and people really questioning pay. Now that could be, like I said, the area you live in, it could be the fact that your boss is a tight ass and doesn't want to pay his employees what they're worth, or maybe that employee is really not worth that much. And that's why they're getting paid that, right? There's, there's a lot of different factors with, with pay. And like in my area, I'll explain to you guys that if you follow sort of union rates and companies that kind of stay on par with union rates, a fully licensed technician is making over $50 an hour. All right. That's, that's what they make, but the cost of living is high. It's extremely high. All right. So pay is one thing that you have to look at. And if you're in in an, in an interview and, and you're going to, um, look for another job and you have experience my thought process is this, you need to interview the company. I mean, yes, they want to know about you, but at the same time, you don't sit there, um, sort of static and just answer the questions. You ask them questions, right? And, and these are the, the things we're going to talk about on this podcast and pay is one of them. And I think the way to judge pay the best in your area is talk to other people in, in your area, sort of, uh, maybe the same skill level, maybe the same amount of time in doing sort of the same thing. Like if you're an installer or a service tech, talk to other installers or service techs that are sort of in your realm of experience and time in and ask them how much they're getting paid and ask a few people and then kind of average that out. And that's probably the best way you're going to figure out what you should be getting paid. And if you know, let's say you ask like three of your buddies and they're installers and maybe they're not as good as you and you know that, maybe that average is bumped up a bit for you, right? There's, there's a lot of factors that you have to put into this and a little bit of research before you can say, hey, well, you're paying that. Well, I don't think that's fair. You really need to have your homework done. And I suggest before going for a job interview, you do your homework and find out what other people in your area are getting paid for the same job. Benefits packages are, are huge, like some health insurance, right? It's called different things in different places, but it's all the same thing as far as I'm concerned. And if I'm ignorant to this in other places, reach out to me and let me know how it works there. Because I'm more than willing to learn how it works, where you guys are at. But basically, 
for me, like you pay a, a some money comes off your check each week and it goes into the, the, the health insurance basically. Right. And if I go to the dentist, um, there's a certain percentage that I, I don't need to pay, uh, for instance, for the year, like a teeth cleaning and all that kind of stuff. I get a certain amount of, of units or something like that. The way the dentist explained to me, and once those units are up, um, I have to pay out of pocket. So the health insurance covers a certain amount of units for the dentist it's a certain percentage off of, of drugs, um, like prescription drugs, if you need like antibiotics or something like that. Um, but there's a lot of companies that are a hundred percent off and, and the benefits, they, they differ. Like some, some benefits have orthodontists included like full, and that is huge for, and you, this is really one to think about. If you have kids that are young and they're starting to get into their teen years, a lot of kids need braces, right? A lot of kids need braces these days and they're not cheap. So if you're going for an interview at a job and like, I know that braces probably cost about five to $8,500, right? For, for the course of, of the braces being on um, a kid around here. Um, so let's say you have two, three kids, like that, that's a lot of money. So that's something you really got to think about too. Get that list of benefits, find out what you're saving on, find out what you don't need to pay for as far as, like I said, orthodontist or, or if, if you're going to have a baby or something like that and, and you, you want a private room, this is one of the things that I got a semi-private room with my benefits and my health insurance. And it really sucks to go into hospital and <laughs> have a baby and you're in like a room with like three other people and a whole bunch of families coming in and it's noisy. Um, it, it really sucks. So, so these are the things you got to think about. And like I said, it's not the same everywhere. And like I said, shoot me a message on how it might work for you guys where you're at. But from what I understand, health insurance works sort of the same with an employer, you pay into it and you get some stuff out of it. What you get out of it differs, right? And I believe the more money you pay, the more money you're going to get out of it. D depends what your employer wants to do and, and who they work with. So let's move on to, to training. here. Training is a good one because if you're the, the type of person that wants to continue to learn and doesn't want to get stale and doesn't want to get complacent, Training is massive. There's online training. Um, because of COVID, there's more online training. But there's training courses that you can go to um, that techs are flown out to all across North America all the time to go get trained on specialty equipment and stuff like that so you can come back and service it, right, without without having to plunder your way through it on your own. But sometimes plundering, plundering your way through it on your own is, is almost like the best kind of training because you never forget when you go to a course and sit with your feet up and they just explain to you on a whiteboard or or whatever right sometimes that information is not absorbed properly but when it comes down to it no matter which way they train make sure that there's somebody that's going to be keeping up with the times and educating you on new equipment new processes new tools and all the changes in the industry it's very important if there's nobody in charge of that you have to take it upon yourself to do it. Not a massive deal to do that this day and age because there's so much information out there. But when it comes to proprietary stuff like equipment and how to 
how to work programmers and how to get in with different codes and this and that. Sometimes you actually have to go get the training. And I've noticed that some some factories won't even talk to you unless you have some sort of basic training on their equipment already. I've noticed that with, with a couple of different ones. So training is huge. Make sure there's some somebody in charge of making sure training is done right, done properly. If not, you're going to have to consider that, am I going to do this training on my own? Okay, that's a major factor when you're working, especially if you're a younger tech, right? And and you just want to take this industry by the balls and grow and just become the best you can be. Training is super important and it's one major factor when looking for a job, in my opinion. Holiday time is a break. Everybody needs a break, all right? Most people that I know of, when they start a new job, they get two weeks holiday and then they have to work into their third week. Like they have to work for their third week, work for their fourth week, fifth week, whatever, however long it goes. Now, if you don't have enough breaks in your schedule and you're just overworked, you're not going to be, you're not going to be happy, first of all, because tired and stressed people are not happy. They make mistakes. And if you're not happy, you're not going to deliver the best self, your best self to your customer, which is going to be a downfall on the company. So I found for me that taking like a four day weekend every once in a while really helps. Like it's not a full break because what, what I find is if I go on holiday for like a full week, um, coming back is a struggle. The week off is great, but coming back is a struggle. Because I find that maybe five days into the holiday, six days into the holiday, because usually it's like nine days, right? Because you have the weekend, then you have the five days of the week, and then the weekend. So it's like nine days. So I find like five days in, six days in, I'm just starting to really relax. And just as I'm like in full relaxation mode, it's like back to work. And then it takes some time to get back into the swing. But if you have these little four-day weekends and you don't use up all your vacation time, like if you got two weeks, you can make a bunch of little four-day weekends, something like that. It's just something to think about, right? I find that you get a short break and then you're back to work without feeling that you have to um, not relearn, but just get back into the swing of things again, right? It's, it really sucks coming back after a week off and having to get back into the swing. But if you need that week, if you're going away somewhere, then yes, so be it. But a lot of companies, they don't allow their employees, from what I understand, through talking to many people in the summer, right? But the summer is a time where things are happening, right? There's a bunch of events going on for families and 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 stuff like that. And sometimes you just, you need that break. So holiday, holiday is important. Make sure you got it. Make sure that they're going to be sort of flexible with you on this, Right. And they're not going to stamp their fists and go, this is only when you can take holiday. If you're okay with that, if you're okay with that type of atmosphere, then then go for it. It's totally up to you. That's just how I feel at this point in my life, right? I'm, in, I'm going to be in my mid-40s in a couple of years. I have three kids. I've worked my ass off all my life. And I feel that taking a holiday with the seniority I have is is not... It's not my right, I guess. It's not the way I want to say it. I don't feel like I'm entitled. I feel that I've put in the value 
to get the value back. It's, it's basically a value exchange, right? You've, you've done the work for your company. Now your company has to give you something back in form of some time off. That's just the way I see it. And I know there's hard ass bosses out there that I used to have one. I would, I would call in sick, right? Um, and he would say to me, uh, no, 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 no. Get up, have a coffee, uh, and call me back in half an hour. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, I am sick. Like I'm not driving the way I feel right? Like I'm bedridden. I'm not driving. I've, I've been in that situation and it's stressful when you try to tell your boss that you're sick and they say, no, you're still coming to work. It's like, really? Anyway, holiday time is something that you really have to look at from the standpoint of flexibility. How much holiday am I going to get? Because I'm going to need a break eventually just to re-energize myself. And, And if I have to work months and months and months over time, long hours and I'm just going to get pissed and frustrated and angry at the company. Really? Do you want to work there? Because you're going to pass that down to the customers and it's, it's not a good environment to be in. Quick break here, guys. Dan Foss has introduced the Superheat Tuner app into the Ref Tools app. If you don't have the Ref Tools app, it's badass. The, the refrigerant slider is very, very cool. Now they've put the superheat tuner in. The way it works is you add some information in about your system. You pick your TX valve. You add a little bit more information in, and it gives you um, indication on which way to turn the valve in order to set the superheat right. Pretty cool app. They're kind of predicting what you got to do to get the correct superheat. So check it out. That's the Ref Tools app available in, in all the um, the app stores, right? Um, so Blue On is another cool app. A whole bunch of unit manual, manuals, like 30,000 or something like that. Uh, conversion instructions from R22 to their, their refrigerant 24-7 tech support. And that's why they call it the R22 um, conversion solution. I might be saying that wrong, so i got to paraphrase. <laughs> the complete R22 conversion solution um, because of the tech support and because of the fact that they have all the manuals and the information on there to allow you to convert, right? And they back that up with information and support. RLS, guys, RLS is a is a tool that presses fittings in a refrigeration system in lieu of brazing, right? It's an alternative to brazing, and many buildings are going towards the no, don't light a torch, no torch in my building type job, and it's being spec'd that way. Um, so RLS rapid locking system is an alternative to pipe fitting that is catching on. And I believe it's going to be the future of the industry. And we're going to be doing a giveaway on the HVAC know-it-all app very soon for a kit. All right. So look for that coming soon. And once again, NAVAC, their promotion for the summer, buy a qualified vacuum pump, get a half inch hose, three eighths hose, core removal tool, pick two of those items after buying the pump with the mail-in rebate thing and you get two for free pretty cool stuff tools this is a good one so i know some companies that buy everything for their techs right they'll buy them everything they need even gauges and smart probes and leak detectors and all this stuff some companies won't buy anything for their techs nothing techs got to provide their own tools now somewhere in the middle is is where i'm comfortable with like 
the expensive basic stuff that should be in every truck, like a recovery machine, a vacuum pump, a set of torches, stuff like that, that should be on the company, in my opinion. Because companies are selling equipment to, or service contracts and equipment and, and repairs to the customer. In order to do your job properly, the techs and installers need to have the right tools in their in their truck, right? So if they don't have the right tools in their truck supplied by the company, how are they supposed to do their job? And how do you say, okay, um, yeah, you, you have to pull a vacuum on that unit I just sold to the customer, so now you got to go buy your own vacuum pump to do it. Unless you're a subcontractor, that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't. And I, I'm actually baffled that some companies buy all these fancy gadgets for their techs too because one thing that I, I see a lot is techs not taking care of their, their tools that are supplied by the company and they break often. I find maybe this is why they do it because their tools will be taken care of a bit better if the tech actually has to go out and purchase their own because I find that happens. When the tech has their own tool, they treat it a little bit better. If it's a company tool, like, ah, the company will just replace it if it breaks, right? So th- these are the things that I, that I think about, but I think somewhere in the middle there, and that's, that's what you should be asking too, right? Because some companies will, if you break a tool on a job site and it's yours, they will replace it, which I think is, is a good gesture because it's their job site, it's their customer. If you're trying to fix their, their customer's machine, and you break your tool, then maybe they should be replacing it at that point. And, and I think that's fair. So it's just something that you should ask. Do you guys provide tools? If not, what should I, what, what should I get if you actually want to go out and buy your own? Um, if you do, what tools do you provide? And do you have a tool allowance, potentially, that I can go out and buy some tools once in a while? Or do you have a tool replacement plan where if I break something that's mine, you guys will replace it? Just some things to ponder if you're looking at switching companies and and that's something that I think is really important to ask work environment that is a massive one like do you want to come to work every day and feel sick to your stomach because you're going to be ridiculed you're going to be made fun of uh, you're going to be treated like shit nobody likes to live in those type of environments but off the top some people will trade that for some really good money they will because they need the money because they like the money because the money buys them things that they don't have so some people will trade that in but you need to really and this is the thing when you're at an interview you will not know what the work environment is like because a lot of times in an interview process it's just bs from both sides sometimes the 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 tech or the installer lies about their um, their abilities and sometimes the company lies about what they're offering and because they just need somebody all right and once you're in then you find out what it's really like so my suggestion is you do your homework of a specific company um, ask the question say work environment what's it like here ask the question and do your homework make sure that you have some some people that have worked there or do work there and have given you real feedback on what it's like to work for that physical company and the people in it right and it only takes one bad apple 
number. It really does. It takes one person to create fiasco. I remember working with um, one guy, and listen, all he did was complain. All he did was complain. And it was something that really, I, I really did not like working with him. And anytime you would have a conversation about working with that specific person, the person, the other person would tell you all they did was complain. I just had to leave. Like, it's not fun working with a, a person that's such a pessimist. But work environment's huge. And it takes one bad apple to ruin it. But you want to make sure that you are backed up with info and don't just trust what you're being told on the other side of the table because sometimes the truth can be bent a bit, right? And, and that's understandable because both parties bend the truth because both parties want something. And sometimes that happens. So just watch out for that work environment and get your, get your info. Do some research. So one last thing as far as things to look for when you want to be employed or look for a job is a steady 40 a week. Now, most people want a steady 40 a week. It depends the situation you're in, right? If you're an older person, like maybe, like I'm not saying you're old, I'm just mean relatively older than the young kids coming in, like maybe 50s or late 40s, your, your wife or husband has a good job. Maybe you want less than 40. Maybe you just want to go on cruise control and work 30 a week. That, that's fine and that happens. But I think for most people that are, are working with young kids and families and stuff, they want that, that 40 a week. They, they want that set 40 hours per week at minimum. I mean, 70 hours a week, yeah, you could work that and you might be okay with that. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, you got like 10 hours a week and that's not good for anybody because you're not really making any coin that way. So something to look for is making sure that your shop can provide you employment on the regular. 40 hours a week is, is the regular, right? So like I said, it all comes back to homework. It all comes back to a little bit of research. And if there's not enough work for you there, I mean, it might not be the place for you to be. Just make sure that work is steady and it keeps coming. And then you decide if you have too much, if you're, if you're being forced to work that 60, 70, but maybe it's just for a short spurt. Maybe it's for like a, a, a startup period or a really hot spell in the summer, a really cold spell in the winter. And, and you get a lot of calls coming in and, and whatnot. And you got to fight through those sometimes. It's just the way it is. And especially if you're younger, um, you should have more energy to tackle these things as you grow older in age. Um, your, I guess your, your energy level starts to drop a bit. And the last thing you want to do is be out on a job at nine, nine o'clock at night. All right. So just keep it in mind, guys, that steady 40 a week. Okay. All right. So let me discuss this with you quickly. And this could be a light bulb moment, an aha moment. Maybe you've done this. Maybe you're going to think about doing this once you listen to this podcast and listen to this segment here. Have you ever thought about creating your own destiny? Now, I'll tell you what I mean. We talked about pay, benefits, training, holiday tools, work environment, study 40. Let's say you land in a company where you, you're not getting everything you want because most likely you're not going to get everything you want. Maybe you will, but a lot of times you're not going to get everything. You're going to have to settle on some things to gain some things. But what if you land somewhere that has the potential to, has the open mind, like the management has the open mind, there's potential there and you see it. 
right? Some work environments that it's just too negative. It's too corrupt. It's never going to get better. You're never going to get what you want. And you got to identify those very quickly and move on. But what if you land somewhere where you see that potential and you create your own environment? And I'll tell you how you do that. Tell you exactly how you do that. You need to be valued and coveted as a technician, as an employee, you need to be a good person. You need to spend that extra five minutes making sure everything's right. So your callbacks are minimized. You need to train and help the other techs, right? You need to stay on top of the industry, be informed on the, on the news, the tools, the, the methods, the equipment, and just be a badass employee of that company, right? If you're a badass employee, and this takes time, this, this is not going to happen overnight. This is going to take some time for you to prove that. But when, when you show this type of value to your employer, your employer is not going to want to, they're, they're not going to want to lose you if they're a smart employer because they're running a business. And if you're good for their business, they're not going to want to lose you. So once you create this environment, what, what you've done is create leverage for yourself. Once you create leverage for yourself, you can ask for more money. You can ask for more benefits. If there's a training course coming up and you think it's a good one and all the tech should go to it or yourself or a couple other ones, you can bring this proposal forward to management. Holiday, maybe you can ask for more. Maybe you can stretch it out. Tools, maybe you'll get some. Uh, the, the list goes on, right? And I mean, sometimes in this situation, other technicians in the company, they might get jealous of you. Maybe they will. But let me tell you something, let them get jealous. If you put in the work, you're doing more than them, right? And it's not that you're smarter than them, or you, but you're putting in the work. You're doing the extra things, taking things apart on your own time and looking to find out how they work. So the next time you go on a call, you know exactly what's wrong with that machine and you can solve the problem faster, be a better employee, a better customer service rep. All of these things get rolled into one. And all of these things create leverage for yourself. And that allows you to go out and start creating a better envi environment for yourself within that company. It's been done many, many times. Now, union company, I don't know if this will work in a union company or not because I'm not in the union. If you can go start negotiating for yourself on top of what your collective bargaining agreement is within the union, I don't know if you can do that or not. But if you can, more power to you. It's something to strive for, to create your own environment by being a badass tech. Anyway, it's just a thought I wanted to leave with you guys, but all of these things matter, guys. All of these things matter in employment, and I knew a radio show host once that said, don't F with happy. Don't F with happy. I, 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 should, I didn't say I know him, but I listened to him on the radio, and that was one of his things. If you're happy, don't, don't F with it. They say the grass isn't always greener. Some techs say, oh, you got to move around five, six, seven different companies to get to know the trade better. But listen, if you're happy, why would you leave a situation that makes you happy, right? Just saying. Anyway, guys, thank you once again to the Master Group. I'm out ranting and raving for now, but I'll catch you on the next one. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.